This week, Cineworld reaches deal with Ad Hoc Group, Reorg analyzes Bad Bath & Beyond Warrants and Party City RSA, Voyager Digital Early Vote Tally. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We're taking a brief recess this week from our deep dive segment, but we'll return soon with more premium content. It's Friday, February 10th. On Wednesday, the Cineworld debtors announced at a status conference that they reached an agreement in principle regarding a planned framework with the ad hoc group of lenders who had responded to the debtors' December 2022 restructuring proposal with a counterproposal for a standalone plan with a debt-to-equity exchange and a significant rights offering that would fund the cases and the company's business. Debtors' counsel said that although the debtors do not yet have commitments for financing or equity, the parties have an agreement on terms and that value breaks within the ad hoc lender group, whose members include the dip lenders and pre-petition lenders. Debtors' counsel also told the court the company is in advanced multi-track negotiations with three counterparties to enhance their existing screen advertising arrangement. Counsel to the ad hoc lender group said the group will be delivering definitive documents to the debtors in the very near term with a target of filing a confirmable plan by the end of this month. Debtors reported $182.5 million of total liquidity as of January 29th, up from $63.5 million as of December 25th, 2022. January weekly box office admissions surpassed projections by 20%, the debtor said, primarily driven by outperformance of the Avatar film, particularly over the last three weeks of January. This week, Reorg published an analysis of the equity conversion feature in the Party City Debtors RSA, which found that dip backstop lenders could get the majority of the Party City's post-Reorg equity. This would potentially allow backstop lenders to acquire equity to discount to plan values contemplated by the RSA, thereby limiting recoveries for non-backstop holders of the debtors' pre-petition first lien notes. The RSA contemplates an equitization of the debtor's first lien notes, an equity rights offering that may be offered at a discount to plan value, and a $150 million new money dip facility with an equity conversion feature available at the same terms as the equity rights offering. All dip lenders would receive a commitment premium of 8% payable in cash or in kind, and the dip principal would be repaid in cash with proceeds from an equity rights offering. Backstop dip lenders would also receive a backstop fee that provides the option, if a plan is consummated with a rights offering, to convert their dip loans into equity on the same terms available to rights offering participants. If a plan is not consummated, the dip backstop lenders would receive a 10% cash premium. During the first day hearing, the debtor's financial advisor said that the dip is essentially a down payment on the rights offering. Proceeds from the proposed equity rights offering are slated to repay the non-equitized portion of the dip, and any excess proceeds will be used to pay down some or all of the ABL claims or for general corporate purposes. The RSA contemplates that ABL claims will be paid in full via cash or an exit ABL facility. To access REARC's full analysis of the Party City RSA, which includes a hypothetical plan model based on assumptions provided in the RSA, and an analysis of comparable equity rights offerings, please reach out to a REARC representative. Reorg published an analysis this week of Bed Bath & Beyond, finding that Bed Bath & Beyond could fully repay its revolver and add $525 million of cash to its balance sheet if investors exercise their preferred stock warrants to purchase preferred stock in addition to the closing of its recent $225 million preferred shares offering. According to prospectus issued by the retailer, the 23,685 shares of Series A convertible preferred stock has a stated value of $10,000 per share. However, the preferred stock would have to be issued at $9,500 a share for $225 million of gross proceeds, implying a 5% discount. The prospectus also states that the preferred stock is convertible into 99.8 million shares of common stock, implying a $2.25 price per share of common stock. 
Bebet and Beyond said proceeds from the preferred equity offering would be used to immediately repay outstanding borrowings under the revolver, which would fill full conditions set forth in an amendment to the credit facility waiving defaults. The company has also stated in a press release that it intends to use the net proceeds from the initial closing of the preferred stock offering, along with $100 million to be drawn under the amended and upsized first-in-the-last-out facility to repay outstanding revolving loans under its ABL. To access Reorg's full in-depth analysis of Bed Bath & Beyond, please reach out to a Reorg representative. At a hearing this week in the Voyager Digital Chapter 11 cases, Judge Michael Wiles directed the debtors, the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors, and the U.S. Trustee to confirm the parameters for the appointment of a fee examiner, including a potential fee cap and a limited remit under which the examiner would not revisit issues resolved through concessions with the UST. The court asked the parties to report back on any consensual resolution by Monday, February 13th. Several pro se creditors opposed the fee applications and also pressed motions to appoint a fee examiner in the cases. The motion to appoint a fee examiner was opposed by the debtors and the UCC, who argued that examiner was unnecessary and would only add additional costs, especially given the upcoming combined confirmation disclosure statement hearing scheduled for March 28th. At the hearing, debtors' counsel also provided an update on planned voting, stating that early votes showed overwhelming support, with 96% accepting. Top Red Stories this week included... Bankruptcy court sanctions BIS-B for automatic stay violation pending conclusion of Sharia Safe Harbor appeal. Court opinion review, the Third Circuit's LTL decision and the CERTA Revlon liability management cases. U.S. restructuring's rise amid higher rates, persistent wage inflation as Fed maintains hawkish stance. Or PIA reaches debt for equity swap restructuring agreement. India's Adani draws Asia attention away from China real estate. Stakeholder analysis. Diamond Sports' numerous and competing stakeholders add complexity to reported Chapter 11 negotiations. Potential litigation, sports rights, contract rejection presents unique challenges. And now here's Kate Thomas from New York with the week ahead. Hi, this is Kate Thomas looking at the week ahead. Things won't pick up until Wednesday when the Celsius network debtors will push for a second extension of their planned filing and solicitation exclusivity periods. The debtors face several objections, including one from the official Unsecured Creditors Committee, which seeks to terminate exclusivity so that it can file its own liquidating Chapter 11 plan. The debtors' first request to extend exclusivity was granted after they reached an agreement with the committee to limit the extension for both plan filing and solicitation exclusivity to February 15th. The Joint Provisional Liquidators, or JPLs, of FTX Digital Markets will also be in court on Wednesday. The JPLs are seeking an order recognizing the Bahamian Provisional Liquidation as the foreign main proceeding for FTX Digital and the JPLs as the foreign representatives under Chapter 15, as provided in the cooperation agreement with the FTX Group debtors that was approved by Judge John Dorsey on Friday. The reverse mortgage debtors are scheduled to seek final dip approval at their second day hearing on Wednesday, which is again rescheduled from last week. The debtors have said previously that they continue to work with former dip lender Leadenhall, the official unsecured creditors committee, and parent BNGL holdings over the direction of their cases and to resolve, quote, certain critical issues, unquote, as much as possible prior to the second day hearing. The Edison Schwest affiliated nautical solutions debtors are also scheduled to be in court on Wednesday for a combined hearing to approve their disclosure statement and confirm a plan. The debtors filed bankruptcy with a prepackaged plan premised on a restructuring support agreement 
when they did not receive enough support to conduct an out-of-court transaction. Last up on Wednesday, the Creditorial Foreign Representative will seek approval of the sale of the Chapter 15 debtor's 95% equity interest in its indirect U.S. subsidiary, known as Crucifine, to stocking horse Pensa Capital. Creditorial is in the midst of settlement discussions aimed at resolving pending litigation surrounding the company's Chapter 15 case and the involuntary Chapter 11 brought by Creditorial creditors. Moving on to Thursday, the Heritage Power debtors will have their second day hearing to seek approval of their final cash collateral order, among other things. Though the debtors had consent from most holders of their first lien term loans to use cash collateral, the debtors faced pushback from hedging counterparty Jay Aaron at the first day hearing. Other, quote, critical operational agreements, unquote, such as the transition services agreement with indirect owner Genon Holdings, is also up for final approval. Finally, on Thursday, the Fieldwood Energy will face off with the sureties that appealed its 2021 plan confirmation order. In confirming the plan, Judge Marvin Isker ruled that the sureties' potential future subrogation rights as against the credit bid purchaser were eliminated in the debtor's free and clear sale under Section 363 of the Bankruptcy Code. However, the sureties claim that their subrogation rights were not existing interests in the property when it was sold and therefore not eliminated by Section 363 in the sale. That's all from me. Now back to you, David. Join the on February 21st for the webinar Ukraine Credit Considerations One Year Into the War with panelists from Blue Bay Asset Management, ICU, and Fountain Court. The webinar will cover the war's impact on Ukraine's economy and public finance and include an overview of the Ukrainian restrictions we saw in 2022. On February 24th, join Reorg at the 19th Annual Wart Restructuring Distressed Investing Conference, which will cover the current economic climate and issues of debt, investing, and restructuring across the globe. Register now at reorg.com or email marketing at reorg.com for further information. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend and see you next Friday.